You're listening to the Defro Airsoft Podcast. Hosted by Stuart Rowe. Meet the legend. Meet the legend. Get to know a local Airsoft legend as we take a deep dive and find out all about their call sign, equipment, local airsoft scene, play style, dreams, and the story behind their best Instagram photos. Now, let's meet today's legend. Hey everyone, I'm Stuart Rowe, aka Defro. Welcome to the Defro podcast. Today, we're sitting down with local legend, Jake, call sign Illuminatus, who, like many before him, has decided to move on from the realm of Call of Duty and begin to go down the rabbit hole that is Airsoft. Thanks for coming, man. How's it, how's it going? Thank you for having me, Stuart. Yeah, it's going really well. Thank you, man. Cool, cool. So uh, before we go in, I just want to shamelessly plug some uh, new merch I got. Here we have uh, the Defro hat, which you can pick up from the online store. Uh, we also have the ever popular Defro patch. And because it's winter, why not get some Defro slippers? These are a legit thing. You can actually buy sheepskin slippers because why not? <laughs> I should probably right. get some for my wife and she can give mine back. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're in men's sizes, so we can totally do that. All right, man. Round one behind the call sign. So... You said you have the uh, the call sign Illuminatus, which apparently some people uh, can't pronounce. Can you uh, tell me all about this, please? Uh, yeah, man. So that actually started, um, I run a home recording studio. So I, I work with bands and, and produce music and uh, mix and master and stuff like that. Uh, and in the studio, you can actually see it in the frame here, is a, um, it's a signed document from the 1800s for some family members of mine that were in the uh freemasons i think okay uh so there were some jokes being thrown around and uh talking about me being in the illuminati and then uh illuminatus is the head of the illuminati so i, I just kind of adopted that while in my studio so then to confirm uh, then you are the head of the illuminati then yeah i don't like to tell too many people but yeah we'll, we'll keep it on the down low no <laughs> So uh, people get into airsoft for a variety of reasons. Uh, for me, I, I find it's really just like hunting humans is the the ultimate sport. It's it's nothing like hunting your your fellow man. Like of course you can play you know dodgeball or cricket, but there's something about just hunting a fellow human through the forest that you know just frisbee golf doesn't do the same. Hundred percent. Yep. Um, the 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 play between different tactics and. Uh... You know, trying to outsmart your fellow players, I find a lot of enjoyment in that. It's really cool. No, I, I agree. Like uh, when you lay down a cool plan and you can successfully flank the enemy or, you know, get a team wipe, something like that is like the biggest rush. Because, yeah, you just out outsmarted a, a group of equals. Like you weren't playing against preschoolers. You were playing against other, you know, 40-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, that, that's right, man. And it's it's. I think it's equally satisfying when uh, somebody else gets that pleasure too and uh, and bests you. It's uh, it's a good time all around. Yeah, I, I have no problem uh, calling a hit when someone gets me good. Like uh, I um, I just put a video up on on my Insta the other day how me and my team were thinking we were going to win the match. We're getting into the base. We take out the defender. We're ready to go in. 
And this guy just comes around the corner and then takes us all out. And we're like, man, good move. That 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 was a really good play. Game respect. Yeah. Game. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. But yeah, dying dying can be half the fun. Like you, you can't take the game too seriously. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I think uh yeah, maintaining a good attitude on the field is is a very, very big part of yourself. Yeah, it's something that I've been trying to like teach people recently is that a lot of people, when they play airsoft, they focus just on the assaulting role where they're just focusing on killing the enemy and that's all they care about. And that's half the game. The other half is dying. And a lot of people don't know how to die. And they will get hit like multiple times and then they'll like, won't know what to do. And then they'll put their gun down. Then they'll call their hit or people will get hit and they go, oh, like, was I hit? They're like, no, as soon as you just hear the noise, you put your hand up. And it has to be just a reflex. And you almost have to train people how to do it because you have to fight against all of your all of your natural instincts because you want to keep going. You want to keep fighting people. But as soon as you're out, you, you have to take yourself out of the game. And it's hard. So you have to learn how to do it. Yeah, I agree. It is something that has to be learned. And I think because you, you know, but a lot of the time, by the time you get to the point of being shot, uh, you've already exerted so much effort into being in the position that you're in now, and it, it can be uh, a real hard pill to, uh, pill to swallow uh, to take that hit. But the honourable thing is to take it and, and walk back to base. <laughs> exactly. You just you just have to take it. And, you know, understand the rules first. Like, do ricochets count? Do team kills count? Like, you need to get all the rules first so there's no decisions like as soon as you get that confirmation you just have to take yourself out of the game and I, I find as soon as you can do that then the enemy starts doing that as well and then you have no problems with people calling hits and saying i got you and all that nonsense so you have to learn how to die <laughs> yes 100 percent. yeah very much so i think that would be like a good t-shirt learn how to die <laughs> learn how to die <laughs> hopefully that doesn't get construed the wrong way <laughs> no it, it will that's that's how the marketing works. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best part. All right. So everyone has a different story about their airsoft collection. For example, for me, I started with a uh, Western Arms. This here is a Colt Commander uh, Super Stabilizer. And then, of course, everyone gets new guns. So like rocking a, a race gun, which is a wind velocity race gun. Or... Got something nice like a Gucci Glock. Very How nice. About you? What do you, uh, can you tell me the story of uh, your arsenal? Yeah. So when I was, uh, when I was first looking to get into it, I, um, I approached a club local to where I live. And uh, obviously there's a lot of knowledge in that club. And they all said, as they do to many other people, um, come to a game, use a higher gun. We uh, just have a selection of, uh, a G and G CM sixteens. Yep, that's what everyone has. That's the word. Yeah, good, good, trusty workhorse. Um, and so I, I, I did as they said. I came along and I, I played a game with one of those, and uh, I was honestly sorely disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was super hard to use the iron sights, and I wasn't happy with the range I was getting or the, uh, the experience that I was getting. So, against uh all recommendation i decided to purchase a um a gas gun so i picked up a 
GHK Mark 18. Okay, that's that's expensive. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, I sort of tossed up between the the Marui and the GHK, um, and I I now have maybe some regrets. Not not regrets, but wondered if I should have gone the Marui way instead of the GHK purely because of the selection of aftermarket parts. Hmm. Um, but I am very happy with the GHK, and it was a good decision. It's been uh, treating me really well. Just, just do what I do. Never regret buying a gun. Just buy another one. Uh, that's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> so, as soon as I have the money, I'll be buying another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what you do. And yeah, your house will end up look looking like mine one day. But uh, my girlfriend has the rule for me that I can't buy any more guns unless I have display space for them. So uh, I've got a rack of 22 rifles in the bedroom and I've got, I think, 28 pistol mounts in the bookshelf. And if I can't put the gun somewhere, I can't buy it. So I'm like, oh, that's that's <laughs> that's fair because I don't want to put have shotguns under the bed and, you know, pistols hidden in the, the sock drawer. Like, it has to be on display. I'll uh, have a talk to the wife and see if I can convince her to let me have 20-some rifles sitting around the house. <laughs> 22. <laughs> 22. Uh, so yeah I mean since then I've I've picked up a couple other little bits and pieces um, I purchased my wife a uh, AAP-01 from Action Army oh cool they're popular they're the most modular thing in the world yeah and, and that's why we sort of chose it for her she's sort of slowly turning that into a carbine yeah everyone does and, um, Yeah, at the, at the price of four carbines yeah 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 <laughs> now, now I think we should have just um tucked into something else but oh well it's it's good fun it's all part of the fun right tinkering and, and that it's uh, and not put... good value for money and it never will be no no um no not my first hobby like that so i've uh yeah, you I've find a lot of deal with it uh get into airsoft and it's it's as expensive you can get a gun or a lens <laughs> yeah yeah exactly um and what did i pick up recently um a glock Tokyo Marui Glock I bought second hand just to pull apart and throw some other bits and pieces onto and, and do it up a little bit. Uh, and a Tehran Tactical John Wick 3 Combat Master, the uh, island barrel version. That's popular. Everyone's rocking the uh, the Combat Master at the moment. Did that's you get the cool, man. Combat Master or did you get the 1911? Did you get the um, uh, High Kappa? Uh, which version did you get? It's basically a high capper. It's the um, the twenty eleven. Oh yeah, twenty eleven. That's yeah, high capper. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Cool. Uh, it's cool. I love it. It's a great feeling gun. Yeah, it it looks fun. I uh, I can't believe I don't have one yet. I was one. making a, a Glock uh, thirty four that was then similar to the uh, the one John Wick was using. But yeah, the uh, the Taran tactical stuff is just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I I like it. Um, you know, it's not too far on the flashy side, but it, it has some nice. Nice bling about it. Yeah, man, I, I love bling. I love just looking like a douchebag on the field. It's fantastic. So like <laughs> uh I, I've I've got the uh the pit vipers now, like the world's most douchiest sunglasses. <laughs> and like what I find like you look I, like you're about to hit the slopes. <laughs> yeah. But when you when you put them on, man, like everyone notices you like, oh, like is is he serious? It's like a whole like doctor disrespect thing. Like you almost yeah, have yeah, to yeah, yeah. to make a character and 
every picture on Instagram where I'm wearing the Pit Vipers has like three times the amount of views as the ones I don't. So I'm like, well. <laughs> yeah, why stop now? Right? <laughs> All right. So everyone has different strengths and weaknesses uh, as a player. So for me, my biggest strength is that I'm 50 centimeters taller than everyone here and I can intimidate everyone with my size and speed, which is fantastic. And for a weakness, I'm way too loud. So I run into things, I hit walls, I make too much noise in the forest. Like uh, my teammate was saying, I'm not walking correctly. So I'm just like, I, I stomp when, when I walk. So when there's like foliage and stuff, I was just giving away our position so quickly. So I need to be way more, I just need to pay pay more attention to my sound profile as as it is. But how about you? What are your strengths and weaknesses? Oh, another good question. Um, I would almost agree on the weakness of being too noisy, I think. Uh, I'm currently using a, a, a speed loader in a M4 mag pouch on my belt. Oh, don't uh, do that. Don't be that guy. <laughs> which obviously rattles constantly. Uh, so I have to walk very slowly when I'm trying to sneak up on people. Um, are you just running one magazine? No, I have three. Okay. Uh, which it, I understand is still pretty light on the magazines, but I'm making do the best I can. You're running 50 round magazines? Uh, closer to 30. Ooh, yeah, you need six mags. Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, but I have a very good 3D printed uh, adapter for loading the mags from uh, Commander Keish, I believe his name is. Mm -hmm. um, you can look them up if you want to whoever's watching this make some very cool parts uh, which fits snugly on top of the m4 and then i can use a standard speed loader to load them and that's been working wonders so i'll just keep both on me and then if i need to rapidly reload it, it can be done pretty snappy yeah it just probably doesn't look good in youtube when like you're doing your reload and like yeah yeah no no <laughs> pause for a moment while i reload my three mags yeah um and what's a pro on the field for me? Um, man, I, I don't know. I think I... You must be good at something. I'm a reasonably aggressive player, I think. Okay. Um, I like to put the pressure on people. Okay. And, and, and get, a, um, get an early advancement on their positions. The bum rush, if you will. And, and, and try and maintain that, yeah. Uh, until I run out of steam and hang back for a little bit. <laughs> okay, so we're exactly the same player then, it seems. <laughs> yeah, you just expend all your energy really quickly and then yeah. uh, and then play defensive for a moment. Yeah, but then you get the best spot and then you get your breath back and then you take the base. Exactly. It's exactly. a two-stage move because we're older. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure, man. <laughs> yeah, so I think um, yeah, being able to be, uh, I think, a bit of a leader and getting getting amongst the other team. I, I tend to rally people a lot, which is cool. That's a good, that's a really good skill. When you can rally the team behind you and you can just like squad up with people that you just met, it, it's an amazing skill and it really allows you to win the game because when you just play lone wolf and everyone's doing their own thing, you have no, no chance of winning. But if you can squad up with four people, you get that force multiplier and yeah, you, you can take the objective every time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's another, um, big important factor in airsoft i think is it's the team play you know that's why we do this and that's why we're not uh 
laughing around the house shooting targets or uh oh, wait, we're still doing computer that. games. Oh, we're very you know much I mean? still doing that. <laughs> yeah, not not full time. <laughs> um, you've got to have an excuse that you're going out on the field at some point, I think. All right. So next question: Why do you play airsoft? So lots of people play airsoft for different reasons. I've seen people playing airsoft for mental health benefits. People playing it for physical health benefits. Uh, other people playing just because they really like the community, and you know, other people just because it's the only thing they're allowed to shoot. H how about you? Why do you play airsoft? Uh, yeah, I think a few of those factors uh, are involved in why I play. Um, it's obviously something I've been interested in trying for a very long time. I think everybody saw Kicking Mustang and, and those sorts of guys on YouTube yeah. you know, for years, many years. Um, and I'd always wanted to give it a go. Um, and it wasn't until I, I think I stumbled across um, the Airsoft Association for New Zealand and, and they had a list of clubs and I saw that there was one in the Waikato. So I thought I'd, I'd get in touch and, and start playing. Um, and my wife and I had had a child. He was coming up on sort of one years old. Um, and That's I the was right not... time to get them into Airsoft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I needed a target. So he was yeah. walking around the house. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, and yeah, so it was, it was cathartic. Um, and it really, I didn't do any fitness before that point, um, other than what I do for a day job. So it, it got me into the gym, uh, got me running and working out and, and working on that. So it's been yeah really beneficial in many areas. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. Like the only exercise uh, I do is airsoft and just doing airsoft once a week. It has just done great benefits for me physically. I can now, you know, run about twice the distance without getting winded. Um, I'm in better shape. My health scores better. Like airsoft will uh, it'll change your life. Yep, definitely. And uh, and destroy you know, your back. <laughs> that too. Um, and I, I was feeling kind of separated from a lot of my friend groups and, and wanted to meet some new people. And it's been fantastic for that. You know, made a heap uh, of new friends. Kids will do that to you. Kids will cost you your friends. Yeah, 100%. Um, so it's been really cool. That's nice. It's it's nice to like I'm I'm a dad too, so my daughter is uh thirteen now. But yeah, I totally remember what it was like uh when my daughter was born, I sold all my airsoft guns because I didn't want any like weapons and stuff in the house. Well, big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one thing I've had to pay a lot of attention to. Um my boy's almost two and he's uh he will come into my studio and, and point up at the pegboard with all the guns on it and ooh <laughs> So I have to make sure they're not within reach. Yep, mate, and just I'm not going to preach gun safety, but you know, gun safety. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, that's very important. Cool. Let's move on to round two. This is preferences. Uh, I've got four topics here: attachment, airsoft brand, game type, and after airsoft beverage. I'm going to give you uh, ninety seconds to answer this question, so we can uh, save the video and throw it up on uh, Instagram as a reel. Right on. Are you ready? Far away. All right. So, man, what's your favorite attachment, airsoft brand, game type, and after airsoft beverage? Oh, favorite attachment. Um, let's go with one that I actually have. Um, I like my replica Fortis Shift uh, foregrip. Uh, nice and sleek. 
helps me maintain good solid seed clamp on the front of the gun. Um, and ultimately, it's the most comfortable one that I've used so far. Uh, what was the next? Uh, <laughs> what was the next brand. Point? brand. Um, damn, that's really hard. There's so many different brands out there. Um, oh, let's let's go GHK because that's um, that's my primary weapon. That's working well for me. Yeah, I love it. Um, good good realism. They they're great. Uh, what was the next one? Sorry. Uh, game type. Game type. Uh, oh, I love a good team deathmatch. Uh, but I also enjoy more objective based stuff. Okay. Um, whether it be like a capture the flag or a sort of a domination, or uh, quite often in our local field we'll play um, uh, like a bunker assault and have a, a bomb that we have to deliver. Yeah, who doesn't enjoy really... a little bit of domination? Yeah, 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 yeah. That sort of thing's yeah. cool. Last one. Uh, Five seconds left after airsoft beverage. Uh, a rum and coke. Good choice. All yeah. right, nice. Just made it. <laughs> <laughs> cool. All right, so let's move on to round three now, where we can explore the local airsoft scene. So you said you're from New Zealand, right? Yeah, so I live in the central North Island um, in a region called the Waikato. Okay. The um, White Ghetto? The Y, W A I K A T O, White Ghetto. Uh, not White Ghetto. Not White Ghetto, no. Mm. Sometimes it seems a little bit like that, but. <laughs> <laughs> but no, not the White Ghetto. Uh, and... Throw some figures uh, my way. Um, how much does Airsoft cost in New Zealand? Like, how much are you spending on guns how much are games how much are incidentals what are some uh, numbers so my ghk stock m4 costs about fifteen hundred dollars wow uh yep um and what's the exchange rate to american dollars at the moment currently it's quite poor currently it's sitting at about 0.56 cents to the dollar i believe okay so um, in american dollars would just be half that so like 750 american dollars yeah, that's right. So we're we're about about double. Okay. So for sorry, one and one and a half. Yeah. For yeah, any any price here, just take half that price and that'll be American dollars for the listeners. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, roundabout. Uh field fees about twenty dollars generally. Between twenty and thirty dollars, depending on where you are playing. Uh BBs are cheap. Um I buy about a thousand for ten dollars at a time. Um obviously being a gas user, I don't go through that many BBs. Uh, I could probably get a game and a half or so on that thousand BBs. Um, green gas, sixty dollars a canister. Okay. Um, and maybe get two games out of that. Uh, and but I am looking to move to straight propane. Uh, I'm sick of cleaning the silicon out of the gun, to be honest. Really? Yeah. 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 Um. Gets all over the hop up and the barrel one. Just gross. Uh, yeah. We get kind of screwed with everything in New Zealand at the moment. Anything coming from the UK is about double, if not more. Um, it's not too bad when you come from Hong Kong, Taiwan. But yeah. 
anything from the US or Europe is, is very expensive. Yeah, we're getting destroyed on the American exchange rate at the moment. So anything from America is prohibitively expensive, but we're not really affected from like stuff from Taiwan and stuff. It's still basically the same. Yeah, yeah. All right. So different countries have a different selection of fields. So like in Tokyo, we're spoiled for choice. We have three or four prefectures uh, surrounding Tokyo, like other states. And our states are really small. Uh, each state has about 20 or 30 fields. So I can access maybe between 50 and 80 fields within about an hour of my house just using public transport. Um, what's the field selection like uh, in New Zealand? Uh, I did hear you mention that the Reaper and that kind of blew me away how many fields you've got available to you. That's, that's definitely spoiled for choice. There's so uh, many. So I found the one that's like an underground laboratory and it's like three levels underground and you need to climb ladders to go to each level so instead of doing um stairway clearing you need to do like hatch clearing <laughs> and then like in one on the bottom level they have a whole science facility with like the alien chamber from um um independence day we've got like this big oh, glass shit. tube in the middle of this alien in it i'm like this is fantastic why would you make something like this and man it sounds like a bloody airsoft fun park or something yeah basically, that's cool yeah, like that's Japan. choice. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, we don't have anything like that in New Zealand. Um, so within my sort of local region, we have uh, one primary field that our club uses, um, and that's a, uh, like a private arrangement with a, a, a gentleman who lives in that direction. Uh, and we have sort of two more, maybe three more that we use on occasion. Um, there are a number of indoor and a couple of other outdoor fields. Uh, most of it's all farmland, you know. It's it's when the, the club or the local club has a, a relationship with a local farmer or, or whatever, somebody who has a big piece of land. So it's uh, bush, farmland, uh, things like that. We, we really lack any kind of urban environment, um, well, that's, which is one, like one thing that I... Though. Yeah. Just yeah, the lack yeah. of development. <laughs> yeah, everything's um big towers with eyes and volcanoes. Yeah, little hairy men walking around. The Hobbit. It seemed like a documentary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm part Hobbit. You can't see here, but I'm fairly short. Um, <laughs> there there are some some nice indoor and and speed QB courses in in the sort of more major centres. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that, that makes sense. But it's interesting what you say about like sharing land, um, going to like a farmer's land and getting a getting permission to use it. I was talking to someone in Belgium last night and they say exactly the same thing. So in Belgium, they've got like two parts, like top Belgium and bottom Belgium. And like the bottom Belgium is like everyone speaks French and the top of Belgium is called Flanders or something. And in Flanders, they can't play uh, outside because of like um, new environmental protection laws that basically make it illegal to play airsoft outside because of, I guess, bio babies are waste. Okay. But if they play in Southern Belgium in the French quadrant, uh, they're allowed to do that. And they just have all of these agreements with local farmers and they just give the farmers some money. They get to play on the farm. And like, that seems, that seems great. That That's very similar to what we have here. Um, 
it's most often somebody that uh, a club member knows or yeah or something like that um or a friend of a friend yeah yeah totally man but we and have, we have it, nothing like that cool, yeah, not to my knowledge it, it's nice terrain to play on it is you know you've we get a lot of undulating hills and various sort of um, pockets of bush and things like that. So it's quite a, a cool variation, but uh, you know, for us guys that like our mill same and that we don't get to do any room clearing or kill house action or anything of that sort. So it is nice. Like my, my favorite environments are like urban environments where you have like a large outdoor area, which would be like car parks with like cars and stuff like that. And then you'll also have a few buildings as well. So you need to enter the building and clear the building. So those places are incredible but yeah that's, that's something i would i'd love to play in at, at some point and it, it might require either doing something myself or, or going overseas but one day it's on the bucket list uh, a great uh place i played is this uh, abandoned hotel in tokyo it's just my favorite it's a five-story hotel that went ba uh, bankrupt so we're allowed to play s off there and my god it's the best thing ever if you check out my youtube you can see lots of videos there and the room clearing that you're doing in a real hotel is so much better than room clearing in just a, a an airsoft field that's been made for the game just because the airsoft fields are so unnatural in you know their angles their engagements their barricades but getting a real a real place is amazing you can hide in the kitchen you, you can pop out of the bedrooms you can hide in the uh what's english the bathroom and it's it's fantastic love it <laughs> it, it is it has been very cool seeing some of your reels um and the different places you've been playing I, did i see you playing in a library or something yeah yeah that's, some point? that's part of the hotel so the hotel like as the foyer then the then the library then the bathhouse uh and then the uh the different capsules and and it's really hard to play in the library because there's there's no cover because they've got all the bookshelves, but the bookshelves go all the way to the wall. So you can hide in there. But if someone pops out, you've got nowhere to go. So, Oh, man, it looks so it's cool. Like it looks like so much fun. Yeah. Oh, it is. And then if you get bored, you just like read the books. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's talk about the, the culture and what the airsoft games are like uh, in New Zealand. So in Japan, basically, we don't have Milsim. Uh, all of our uh, games are limited to one jewel. So that basically takes out snipers as well. So, uh, and re we really don't do a lot of respawn games. And because of this, it creates a, a culture of defensiveness where everyone has one life and basically an M4. So people will be very defensive. They'll stick around their base and they'll try to trade shots at 30, 40 meters with people behind barricades and as i hate this and i just think it is the worst thing ever mm. um that's why I, I preach assault so much but talking to americans uh they love assault so much because they get respawned so they can keep pushing keep pushing and keep coming back so it seems to be why assault's so popular there but in japan when you only have one life it's really hard to do assault it's high risk high reward yeah What's there's no like incentive in there's not really any incentive in that kind of play style. Um, so we will play a variation of different games um, and our respawn rules will, will vary with it as okay, widely as those games. Um, for instance, the, the bunker assault that I uh, spoke about earlier, um, 
the defending team has a set number of lives or a particular uh, respawn structure, and then the attacking team will have a completely different respawn structure. Uh, so we might do things like if you get hit, you uh, retreat 20 paces and then counter 20 and you come back in. That's interesting. Uh, I've never played that. The, yeah, it's, it's very cool. It just keeps the momentum, you know, and, and that's what it's about for us. We want to try and get, uh, we might be out there from nine in the morning till three in the afternoon, and we just want to get as much fun and, and action in as possible. So keeping that momentum going is, is important. Um, the defending like, team like in that, that case so, might have a total of five lives each. Once they get through all of those, then it's just making that a little bit easier for the attacking team to get the bomb into the bunker. Uh, and, you know, somebody gets to win at the end of the game as well. So. It's nice to do it because when you have like no respawns, lots of times the game just doesn't really progress. But mm. when you have respawns that are contextual, you can have some really cool scenarios. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you're doing that. That's that's one of the best ways to play. Yeah. And uh, if we're playing on a smaller field, maybe uh, something a bit more suited to um, CQB, then we will probably just do a, a single life. If you get hit, you're out. Um, and there might be an objective in the middle or at the back of uh, maybe in the respawn of the defending team. We'll, yeah. we'll mix it up. One of my favorite ones is, uh, yeah, I think it's bunker defense as well. So in one of our fields, we have a castle on a hill and it's an actual, like, it's not an actual castle. It's made out of like plywood, but it looks pretty good. And it's got two stories and there's windows that you can like mount your gun out of. And it's good for like 20 versus 80. So 20 people will be in the castle and they have one life each with full auto. And then the other team has to start at the bottom of the mountain and they have 10 minutes to take the castle. They have unlimited respawns, but they have to go all the way down to the hill to respawn. And okay. they, yeah. they can use full auto. And this is the best match you've ever played because they will keep charging up that hill and you keep mowing them down. Yeah. And the biggest problem I had was just I didn't have enough mags. I, I finished, I think, eight <laughs> high caps. And, Holy moly. And I was just feeding because my gun was shooting like 50, 60 RPS. It was, it was just a beast. So I was just feeding it high caps like they were low cap magazines. <laughs> and man, so much fun. It's just like the start of... um. Saving Private Ryan, but then as soon as you just take out that one defender, you you weaken them and you weaken them and you weaken them, and you just need to grind them down. But yeah, because you got ten minutes to do it, like it works. If it was done indefinitely, it'd be boring as hell. But you need those rules to make it more interesting. Yeah, yeah, you're right, man. That's um, and it kind of gives you there's a bit more of that incentive to to really give it everything you've got. Um, get energetic, get in there. And make make some stuff happen, you know. Exactly, it's odd. Like, Otherwise, you lose all your lives and you don't get any glory. Yeah, I'd always like lead a squad in there. It's like, all right, we're just going to charge in, and all we need to do is kill one person each time. So, like, four of us would charge in as long as we got one. That's all that mattered. And then each time yeah, we'd yeah. just take out one. <laughs> yeah. Five minutes later, uh, the fort falls. <laughs> and remember, there are six millimeter plastic ball. You can see them coming at you, and you can dodge them. You can, you can watch them pretty well at about 30 meters, but as soon as it's like less than 30 meters, dodging is harder. <laughs> yeah, you've got to be pretty quick. You've got to be pretty quick. All right, let's look at uh, restrictions. Are there any interesting restrictions in New Zealand? Do you need a, a license uh, like in Belgium or um, is it like Japan with indoor, we, we can only shoot like three BBs at a time? 
any interesting restrictions like that? Uh, so thankfully we are very fortunate in New Zealand. Um, ever since a, a certain person lost his mind and committed a pretty horrible act in Christchurch. Um, I remember that. Things, yeah. Let's things not say get... Don't give him any publicity. No, no, no. Um, they, they did really crack down on firearms laws. Um, and so there's now no longer uh, full auto firearms in New Zealand. That's fine. Um, Airsoft New Zealand, the organisation, did go into bat for us very hard, and um, we can still use military-like uh, airsoft and air weapons, which is very cool. Uh, we have a, I believe, a national limit of about, or a recommended national limit of about 600 FPS. Oh, wow. Um, on 0.2s. Okay, so you're shooting like two joules. Is that for I think, assault? I think, I think that... that's about three, three joules. Um, I'm, I'm not sure. I know 300 is one joule with 0 0.2, because that's what okay. Japan's okay. law is, but I don't know anything else th than that. Uh, to tell the truth, I had to pull up the webpage just to reference it before. <laughs> um, and we have uh, minimum engagement distances to go with those as well. Okay, so it's very similar to America then. Um, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, um, and then beyond that, uh, the clubs are allowed to set their own sort of uh, rules as well. Okay. So, I mean, gen generally we try and keep it for, for anything that's sort of a pistol or a, a reasonably close um, MED weapon, an, an M4 or something, let's say. Um, you might be at around the 20-meter mark with something that's shooting anywhere between 300 and... 360 oh, on fine. on varying weights yeah that's fine um do you have a minimal engagement distance for pistols or like smgs uh it really depends on that uh that velocity okay yeah um generally it's recommended if you've got a let's say a, a yellow or a red tag uh, primary weapon that you ha then have a secondary which is is lower what um, are tags uh, so we sort of categorize our our velocity into tags okay um, so well i don't remember exactly what they are to be honest um oh, i'd have to look at a chart but there would be anything... a tag for like someone shooting like bolt action which could be like you know 500 or 600 fps there would be a different tag for like assault uh, a different tag for DMR and a different tag for CQB? That's right. Yep. So okay. we'd have anything from, let's say, uh, I think it's uh, sort of 100 to 250 FPS on .2s would be a green tag. And mm. then from that 250 up to uh, three, 350 or so uh, would be, then be a yellow. And then anywhere beyond that would be a red tag. Um, and most clubs will only allow that for members. So you then have to go through a vetting process uh, to become a member and be allowed to use both full auto. Uh, most of the time, members can't. Uh, sorry, non-members can't use full auto. Nice. That that makes sense because that's how people get injured. So no, I like that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So it's just making sure that the people that are playing and using these are responsible um, and not going to go out and give the sport a bad name and therefore, you know, our governing bodies turn around and and take them yeah. off us, basically. That's Basically, yeah. So that's yeah. 
that's kind of what happened in Japan. So yeah, I can I can see that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, round four. Let's make some more Instagram content. So this here is how you play. I've got six questions. And for each question, I'd like you to give your opinion. Let's limit our answer for each question to 90 seconds. So each of these can be a real. Uh, if you want to answer in less than 90 seconds, that's completely fine. Uh, because it's Instagram, let's try to be energetic. Let's try to be opinionated. And just let's try to be interesting. Sure. Are you ready? Far away. All right. Camping versus attacking. Or attacking. Yep. Definitely attacking. Uh, camping's okay for a short period of time, I think. Uh, but you always want to be energetic and on the move. Keep the game flowing. Indeed. Respawn versus non-respawn. Oh, uh, respawn, I think, um, but a limited number of respawns. Again, I'm all for um, keeping the incentive and, and keeping the energy of the game high. Solo play versus team play. Team play, for sure. Team play. Um, there's definitely a time for everybody to go a bit solo and, and you know accomplish maybe a goal that they have in that particular game or something but uh, it's always a good feeling getting with the, the brothers and all the sisters and uh, and making something happen exactly indoor versus outdoor don't really play a lot of indoor mostly outdoor uh, probably outdoor wins by default yep high caps versus low caps low caps I'm a gas man through and through. I like realism. I like the experience. Uh, I like the immersion. You like the $60 mags. Yep. And, you know, I've heard a couple of people that you've interviewed say uh, the the reload and the jam is all part of the experience. And I, I agree. I agree. I think um, being in that tense moment when somebody's trying to shoot at you and you need to reload, man, you do it as fast as you can and you start throwing some BBs back in the other direction. Yeah, um, more realism, the better. Uh, I like yeah. to run low caps uh, as well, just because reloading is fun. And yeah. I, I will also like not reload my gun in between rounds. So like if I put like 60 rounds in my gun at the start, and then I shot maybe 20 or 30 rounds, I'm not going to reload it. Because for the next round, that means I'll have to reload in the game, which will be fun. <laughs> that That's it, man. Um... I always reload between games, but hey, I've only got 30 shots. Yeah. Like if I'm running my ARP9, honestly, any gun, I'll normally play with three spare magazines. Uh, so that'll both the, those magazines will probably be around 60 or so rounds in them. And then I'll have probably two magazines in the gun in a coupler. So the first magazine, I can just do the change like this. The next one, I can just tactical reload it in. And if I'm going to be doing like a one hour game or something like that i'll bring some high caps as well just because you don't want to run out of bbs but most of our games are just 10 minute games and for 10 minute games you only need two mags yeah it, it's definitely refreshing to uh get on a high cap every now and then and, and an aeg and you know just go be able to, to fling bbs down range go go to go for your life yeah i've actually got uh two or three drum mags and uh, one is, it's called a, a chemical magazine in Japan, but I think that just means battery powered. Um, but it's, um, it was really expensive, about $200. And it's a, it's a high speed drum magazine that'll actually feed the BBs at about 50 RPS. 
and normal drums don't feed that fast. So if you've got a yep. real high speed gun, you can't actually get the BBs into the gun fast enough. Yeah. But if you have like the, the chemical mag, you just have this laser that you can just like light people up with. And I got to the point where I almost broke the gun because I, I think I dumped about 3000 rounds in a few minutes and the battery got so hot that I could just feel the heat coming out of the handle. I'm like, oh, that's bad. That's really bad. Yeah, so I had, to, not good. I had to put him to sleep for a few hours and not use him again. Yeah, give give people a chance to come out from behind the cover. Right? And not destroy <laughs> my $2,000 gun. Yeah. <laughs> All right, power source. Electric, spring, gas, HPA? Nah, gas. Through and through. Although, uh, I mean, I haven't had a chance to play with any HPA yet, but I do like the sound of the consistency. Um, but I don't want to use a tank or a hose. Um, gas. You like your gas? I'm a gas man, yeah. All right, cool. Nice answers. Let's move on to round five now. This here is living the dream. We want to look uh, at what you would do if you had, you know, all the money and really none of the responsibility. Oh, man. Um, guns. What gun guns. would you buy? Lots of guns. Uh, it's just man, like the I always wanted an HK417 and a 416. It's good um, to get I think a 416 is probably the next thing on the list. Gas um, or electric? 100% gas. Then look at the VFC um, Gen 3 is going to be what you're after. Yep, the Gen 100%. 1 and Gen 2 are okay, but the Gen 3 is an absolute beast. So yep. make sure it's the 3. Uh, I am also a sucker for licensing. So yeah, the VFC would be would be the option for me. Uh, although the WeTech stuff is pretty tempting, but I'd have to give up on the licensing. WeTech is getting better, uh, especially like WeTech's best gun is the M14. Like apparently that is just the chef's kiss mm, uh, mm. of rifles. But mm. the uh, talking to some different people, it seems like everyone's saying the uh, the 416 Gen 3 is uh, is the place to be. Yeah, um, uh, I'm a big Battlefield player. And so I fell in love with the 416 and Battlefield 4. Uh, the WeTech, uh, the PDW, would love one of them. I think that's such a cool little weapon. Um, which, which PDW? The um, Knight's Armament. The KAC PDW. Okay, cause I, I'm sorry, I just know so many PDWs. I don't know which PDW you're referring to. Uh, WeTech make both a short and a long barrel uh, Knight's Armament PDW. So like an SR-16? Um, I think it's just called the PDW. Because like a P90 is a PDW, so it's like it's it's hard to envision it. Yeah, let, let me have a let me have a nosy. Um, so we take, I believe it's yeah, a Knight's Armament. Um, and Knight's Armament just called it the PDW. Interesting. There's no other branding. That's strange. P PDW M2. Okay. Yeah. So it's an M4 variant? Yes. Okay, that makes sense. If it's Knight's Armament, Knight's Armament makes some really good M4 stuff. So, Kind of looks like a short G5 in some regards. Uh, but yeah, that would be very cool. Nice. 
Yeah, I was thinking about like this the other day, like you're seeing all these new acronyms come out, like people using like SBR, uh, PCC, uh, PDW. And like, there's, there's just a lot of stuff to learn. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the stuff to get around the US arms laws, which are slowly getting more and more ridiculous. So like the, the way I kind of understand it is it's a SMG if you're shooting nine millimeter and then basically if you have the same gun but you're shooting um not nine millimeter it becomes like a pdw so like smgs and pdws seem to be very similar and then like sbr seems to be not used as a military class it's a civilian class where just it's if a, someone gets a carbine and then they cut the carbine down it becomes an sbr I think it's essentially a carbine shorter than, say, nine and a half. Something like that, yeah. Total of 10 inches or something like that. But then you get like um, uh, PCCs and then like pistol caliber carbines and that, you know. Yeah, and they they shoot nine millimeter. That's just like a a rifle then that's shooting nine millimeter. So, yeah. It's, it's a rifle that's had all of the stopping power taken out of it. Exactly. <laughs> So it's yeah. it's a it's a long boy SMG. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So man, man a, they just need to change the carbine kit. It. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a bit silly. Um, considering there's so many workarounds, but yeah, it's America. <laughs> guys do what they got to do to uh, maintain their rights. Yeah, and then we always get new cool gun variants because of it. So yeah, it's fine. Yeah, man, hundred percent. Right, if, so... if if money was no issue though, uh, for me it would have to be some form of a MCX. Oh, MCXs are expensive. Yeah, but there's I no guess MCX. Uh, there's no real good MCX at the moment. Like a lot of people are saying bad things about the current MCX model. So wait, wait for the next gen to come out because it looks like all the current stuff is uh, bad. <laughs> Yeah, well, uh, GB, GBL Airsoft make a receiver kit which looks very much like an MCX. Um, it's a Fortis replica, mm -hmm. and it takes all the internals for the GHK M4. So I would probably pick one of them up, just swap hey. all the parts into the, the receiver. The best gun is the one that you built yourself. Yeah, 100%. All right, so there are different Airsoft events. What would your ideal event be? Man, probably something close to American Milson. Yeah, it does look every, good. Like Milson every Webster. video I see online is just looks amazing. So like um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Desert Fox. Yep, yep. Desert Fox. Uh, I see Alphonse there. Yeah, Alphonse Alphon. has got some great stuff. Um, uh, guys like um, administrative results. Yep. Uh, yeah, find him quite enjoyable to watch. Like his reviews. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Admin Airsoft uh, earlier uh, this week. Actually, last week. And he was saying that he actually got his name from that that same guy. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He seems quite yeah, uh, yeah. quite quite an impressionable guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, the European guys have got it good though. Uh, some of their fields look really fun to play. Oh yeah, Belgium has some fantastic fields, but uh, in Europe it's really hard playing because of transportation. Uh, each country has different laws in regards to how you can transport weapons. Okay. And. A lot of people will travel across multiple countries for a game because Europe's so small. Sure. But for each country you travel through, you have to know the laws. 
So like in some countries, you can bring guns on, you can bring airsoft guns in um, on public transport and other countries you can't. Okay. So there's so many things that make it incre incredibly difficult to do so. Mm, and mm. basically you can't like bring your guns into Germany. So never go through Germany with your guns because Germany <laughs> is the, the strictest place in the world for airsoft. And yeah. uh, everyone will just play airsoft like outside Germany. <laughs> Um, was I reading uh, recently I was reading Italy's laws are quite strict hmm. they, I think they have a one dual max yeah they're quite there's a lot all of their countries games. that are really similar to Japan for their laws yeah and yeah. other countries that are just wild west there doesn't seem to be anyone in the middle it's either it's one dual locked or do whatever you want <laughs> yeah it's a shame alright now let's look at your airsoft dream team you have six spots to fill on this team and you can have anyone uh, living or dead, uh, real or make-believe. Who are you going to squad up with? <laughs> uh, that one's tough. Let's go Travis Haley. Okay. Uh, oh, damn, I've forgotten the dude's name and he was pretty inspirational to me at one point. Um, yes, not anymore. No, I just haven't watched his videos in so long. YouTube's algorithms turned it off for me. Bilo, Novarich, Master Chief. I'll put Master Chief on my team. Why not? Okay. <laughs> uh, Ghost. Okay. From the and, old modern uh, warfare or the new modern warfare? The original modern warfare too. Okay. Yeah. And uh, how many do we have? Four. Yeah, you got four left. The Rangers from Black Hawk Down. All of them. Okay. All of them? <laughs> All of them. That, there's, that's an amazing cast. Like in real life, it's like Eric Banner and like I think Obi-Wan Kenobi's there. There's, yeah, man. There's some good, there's some talent in that movie. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And you know it's exactly good. what the movie's about. It's like, ah, oh, it's about a black hawk. Ah, and it goes down. All right, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Title just says it all. <laughs> There's all no right. hiding anything. Round six. Uh, let's go to sell me your gun. Uh, for this section, I'd like to do a role play where you just convince me uh, to buy your gun. Uh, you can do this as like a slow back and forth, like a, an interview where you can basically ask me questions and actually sell me a gun like you would. Uh, in real life or you can do this as a sales pitch and you can just pitch your gun whatever you want to do is cool just persuade me to buy your gun <laughs> okay are you ready okay i think so all right let's go you're the gun shop owner hey sir how are you i'm good uh, i'm actually got some money to spend so i'm in the market for a new piece but don't really know what i should buy okay so there's a couple of different technologies uh, most people will go for an electric to begin with. Uh, personally, I think uh, everybody should be using gas guns. How do you like the sound of that? Sure. I, I don't want to be a sheep and just go along with what everyone's doing. I want to be unique <laughs> and special. Well, then, mate, I've got the gun for you. The uh, GHK M4 Mark 18 Mod 1. Uh, beautifully designed. Um, don't look too hard at the finish because <laughs> it might turn you off. Uh, but a beautiful replica Daniel Defense rail 
sturdy gun, weighty, uh, feels realistic, gives good kick, and uh, plenty of attachments to fit on there, and should see you right for reliability for a long time. Nice. And how much am I, what's the damage? Uh, well, you can start off with uh, roughly $1,500 in New Zealand, and then I expect to pay more on all the accessories available to you. Okay, sounds great. I'll take two. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> all right. Nice. Not bad. Not bad. I think you could uh, work in a gun shop one day. <laughs> yeah, I've worked sales before, but uh, that's a little bit different. <laughs> all right. Uh, round seven. This is the backstory. Uh, I've gone to your Instagram and selected three photos that uh, I found interesting. And I'd like you to tell me a little bit more about these photos and really just let me know the backstory. So okay. tell me about this picture. Are you shooting a neighbor? I'm basically laughing in the backyard. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, I got some new kit and I was testing the gun and uh, wanted to see what it looked like. So I took a photo of myself in the backyard. And yeah, I had a good friend of mine comment on that and say that it looks like I'm shooting birds. Yeah, or neighbors. Yeah. I've got, uh, yeah, the same scope uh, as you. And the I find it really hard to calibrate. <laughs> Is it a pain for you to calibrate as well? Uh, no, no. Um, I found it to be reasonably reliable. Yeah, my own must be broken or something. It's, it's really hard to get the the reticle in the right spot, but I got it secondhand from a friend, so probably damaged. <laughs> uh, I didn't really want to run it with that um, the riser that it has currently, but I uh, purchased a stock with a quite a high cheek rise. Yeah, I can and, see that. The cheek riser yeah, looks nice. It, it's very comfortable. Just allows you to stand up a bit straighter and have a better posture when you're sighting. Yeah. makes photos uh, so, look better too because when your head's like all the way over the, the photos don't look great uh, yeah it's not good for the neck to do that for a long period of time it's not all right how about this one um that was actually a very good game we played at a field uh, about an hour north of where i live uh, some club members and i went up there and had an excellent day of games and obviously i'm, I'm an avid photographer as that will probably tell most people or so, a thief, um, you could just be like stealing that person's camera. <laughs> you yeah, are wearing I, a balance. I, I look like a bit. I look like a thief. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I jumped on the camera and got a bunch of great photos that day. It was cool. Nice. All right, last one. That's my girl. That's my girl there. Um, yeah, what was I doing? I think I was just just bumming around, practicing some photography, and I just put the silencer on it. So it was a uh, right ripe for some new photos no it looks good is that a daniel defense rail it is yeah it comes stock standard with a daniel defense ris2 i think it is no it looks very nice yeah, yeah it's a good looking gun I, I i do definitely enjoy the aesthetic oh uh, yeah daniel defense has got some great stuff and just when you run gbb it's it's always fun it's just that right. classic uh, U.S. military special forces, you know. It's yeah, just, it's just recognizable. Yeah. All right, uh, round eight. This is the last round. This here is full send, where we have some more personal questions that we can use to explore your airsoft journey so far. So this here is really just a chance for you to brag. What is your greatest airsoft-related accomplishment? 
Ah, um, probably just getting into airsoft, man. It's been um, such an enjoyable thing for me. It's uh, my kind of personality. I I tend to find something that I'm really passionate about and and just dive into it into the deep end. Um, and like I said earlier, it's been great for me. It's been getting me fit, um, meeting new people, and like me. Um, And playing with some cool toys, yeah, man. Like I would never have just, you know, got chatting to somebody in Japan on Instagram. And hey, I'm thankful for it. It's great, um, bringing people together. Um, yeah, that's probably about it, man. Yeah, I think they said it best in like Full Metal Jacket. It's like I want to meet interesting people from around the world and and shoot them. Yeah, and I, I feel like we all have a reasonable amount of of something in common. Uh, if if it's not just airsoft itself, so that's cool. Love it. Yeah, nice, nice. The airsoft community is incredible. Like you'll never find uh, a better group of people, uh, excluding everyone under eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's switch it up now. What's an embarrassing airsoft-related moment for you? Oh man, I had a couple this weekend. Last uh, just gone. Um. I had a couple of times where I didn't put a mag in the gun. Proceeded <laughs> to march into the field and try and shoot somebody, only to hear the hammer click and nothing come out the end. <laughs> so That's yeah, not... that was kind of that was kind of embarrassing. Uh, for me, recently, I'm trying to do a left-right switch because I've just been playing literally 20 years just using right, and I, I'm so fast at just using right that I don't get so much of an advantage of switching to left when I'm going around corners. But it looks better in YouTube videos, so I'm really trying to learn it now, and I'm getting better at it. But I'm finding like when I do my left-right switch, especially from right to left, I'm just nicking the um, fire selector and putting the gun in between like semi and safe. So then when I shoot left, nothing comes out, and like <laughs> two out of ten times, uh, it's it's going to. I'm just nicking the fire selector and. Ah, oh, it sucks. It's so embarrassing. Are you, like, oh, I got you then. Are you using a sling? Oh, yeah. Um, one point. Single point? Yeah. Okay. Single point's the best uh, way to do it. If you've got the um the two-point sling, it's can get really difficult when you do the left-right switch. So I've been using a two-point because I don't like the rifle falling down in between my legs. Mm. Um, but it is quite tricky getting your arm out, yeah, switching the gun over. So that's been interesting to learn. I've been trying to do the same thing, but it is very awkward. And I don't find myself uh, landing in the proper sight picture or the proper cheek weld yeah. um, as quickly, anywhere near as quickly as the right hand. Yeah. You just need to walk around your house and just practice switching it up. And like that's... you can do like the regular switch or you can do like the like throwing it up and throwing it up and then catching it <laughs> in, the, in the different position. Because I'm a get, child. Get Rambo about it, yeah. Yeah, because it's fun, and that's why we do this. We're not we're not military. We're we're grown men with toys. We're grown men that like to dress up. Basically. <laughs> All right. So airsoft's changing a lot at the moment. How do you want airsoft to change over the next ten years? Um, another tough question. I know. I I'm still. I think I'm still quite new to the sport. You know, I've I've only been playing since April this year. 
So I, I don't have a lot of experience. There's a hell of a lot more people that have a very long time in the sport. Um, so well, I'm, I'm sure that, I'm sure they've you? seen it come a long way. I'm 33. So I've been playing airsoft since you were 13. There you go, man. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure you've seen it come a long way just in that time. Definitely. I like it before how I said I'm, I'm quite an aggressive player. Um, I don't mind getting hurt. I, I see that as an incentive to get better and, and not get shot. Yeah. So yeah. it's a it's a growth mindset. For some people, I would like to see maybe an alleviation of some FPS limits. What do you mean? Um, maybe allow some higher FPS limits. Oh um, yeah, definitely. Or especially for um uh, LMGs. Yeah, yeah, or even in close quarters, um, you know, using something that's a little hotter, like a my M4 or something like that, for example. But I, I do completely that. understand the the safety risks, and the last thing I want is for anybody to get seriously hurt. So there's there's compromise there. Yeah, I saw Silo play an amazing, not Silo, Novrich play an amazing game recently when he launched his new pistol. He just invited all the top airsofters over to his place, gave them all the pistol, and it was CQB. But the pistol was running uh, 2.5 joules, and it was shooting 0.4s. Wow. So it was, yeah, it was a spicy boy. That's and hot. Um, that Combat I, Master, I've been shooting with 0.36s, and it's hmm. still getting around 315 FPS. So it's, it's hot. This is like double that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just and everyone was playing, uh, not in full kit either. So people were just playing with battle belts and a mask, and it changes the whole dynamic when you don't want to get hit because you're actually scared of the pain. It's a whole new dynamic to the game. Yeah, and that's, I think, uh, it heads down that realism path for me mm. and that sort of immersive experience. So I think maybe if there was a, a set of um, games or a club or something like that of people who. And even if I have to sign a, a safety waiver or something, you know. Oh, um, a way because... that you can do it. So what we used to do back with my first team back in the day is we did shirts versus skins. And man, when you play shirts versus skins, <laughs> you call your hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to get shot more than once. <laughs> and it's it's in CQB too. So it's you don't do it in Woodlands. It's short shirts versus skins, CQB. And you know, you, you semi-auto only, no full auto, of course. But yeah, man, you call every one of those hits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, maybe I'd like to see. Um, I don't know, especially for my country, anyway. Uh, uh, maybe a league of experienced people or people who are a little bit more uh, easygoing on the pain side of the, things. The league of extraordinary gentlemen. How does that sound? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, who love to shoot each other and cause pain. <laughs> no, I, I'm a, I don't know. That's just a brainstorm, last, I guess. Last question for today. Uh, any projects? What are you working on at the moment? Uh, well, I've got that Tokyo Marui Glock that I've sort of been playing around with. Um, I did pick up a Killer Innovation slide replica, which is actually made for a Kublai gel blaster. I believe. Oh, I've so, seen that stuff on AliExpress. Yeah, that's where it came from. Um, uh, but it needs some modification. Of course. Uh, it's got the RMR pl plate right on top and uh, very tiny little threads that broke off basically on arrival. So I need to modify the, the blowback unit um, 
and try and fix that plate on there somehow. So I'm working on that. Um, I'd like to sort of make the Mark 18 a little bit more futuristic or state of the art. Maybe change out the rail for there's some new Daniel Defense style rails, which are M lock. Yeah. Half of airsoft is just Barbie for men. It's just dress up. Oh, I don't think I'm ever going to stop tweaking it. So I'm going to no, get it to one not. point and then I'm going to go, hang on, I want to change that. I, I um, will change my loadout and I'll change my gun for every single game because it's fun. Yeah. yeah. And obviously I want to buy more guns. And... Yeah, obviously. Yeah. yeah. It goes without saying. You said you like airsoft, so that means you need to buy more guns. 100%. Yeah. Any, any excuse. All right, Matt. Uh, it's been really fun chatting with you. Like over the last hour, this is my first time meeting someone uh, from New Zealand. Uh, so finding out what airsoft is like in New Zealand is great because, you know, as an Aussie, we don't have airsoft. Uh, we have paintball. And I think in Queensland or something, they have some gel blasters and shit, but we, um, we do not have airsoft. So my whole world changed when I came to Japan, I could find airsoft. And to see that just like across the strait, I think it's the strait. Yeah, across the strait, uh, you've got New Zealand with one of like the best forms of airsoft where you have all the guns, you've got the really good jewel limits. And it seems like you've got a good community too, man. So that's really nice to hear. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. And and likewise, man, it's cool to, uh, it's cool to meet you and get to speak with you. Um, and if you ever find yourself over this way, be sure to get in touch and we'll go play some games. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure to shoot you. <laughs> <laughs> hey, or man, shoot, I'll give it back. At least shoot at you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, man. So for the last part of the show, feel free to shout out um, your SNS links, how people can contact you, uh, any players you want to shout out or any brands you want to rep. The uh, the mic is yours. Uh, hey, big thanks to Airsoft New Zealand. Um, they are the biggest proponents for us. Um, and they're always uh, working with legislators to make sure that we can still play this, so that's cool. Uh, my local club, the AWI guys, uh, right up until this point and, and beyond, they've, they've supported me, and I'm sure they will continue to do so. Um, great bunch of guys, heaps of knowledge, very intelligent people. Uh, Jackal, Caroline, Gareth, uh, Steve, all good fellas. Um, and if Hey, if anybody wants to follow what I'm up to, you can find me Illuminatus Airsoft underscore Airsoft on Instagram. Um, yeah. Keep at it. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's been uh it's been fun. Thanks, Stuart. I appreciate it, man. All right. See you, man. See you, mate.